Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. You're coming to us at a great time as we've really wrapped up a week-long uh, kind of series titled Remain in Me or Remain How. And although we're not talking about that day, we're going to talk about actually putting a plan in place. And so we've been talking about our connection to God and how we remain in our relationship with Him. And as we look around us right now in our current circumstances, what's going on with COVID-19, I think it's real easy to kind of be shaken and uh, to kind of start to wonder. And There's a lot of uncertainty. And what I want uh, and hope that we all see today is that in everything that's going on inside uh, in the world, inside our hospitals, um, inside of our homes, even as I'm having to teach my kid math for like the 87th day in a row, it seems, is God simply asks us to remain in relationship with him. He says, if you'll do that, I'll take care of everything else. And so last week I was reminded in my personal chair time with God, I shared this uh, on a couple of social media uh, platforms, that I'm not to let my heart become troubled. John 14 kind of opens with that. Do not let your heart become troubled. And in John 15, this is the chapter. This is this is the the kind of the the anchor of this whole series. And it is remain in constant connection with God, my heavenly Father, and He'll take care of everything. He says, if you remain in Me, you'll bear good fruit, right? And then in John sixteen thirty two, is even though that we're all scattered everywhere, we're all scattered back to our homes, that we should have peace in our hearts because God has overcame the world, which means He's beat this before; He'll beat it again. And then in John 17, Jesus prays for all believers, and he says that uh, he prays that we may all be one, that we may be that we may be in the Father, that Jesus would reside in us, and that we would all know how much that God loves the entire world. And so, uh, as I was reminded of this uh, last week, uh, what was really pressed upon me was, man, I've got to jump inside of the anchors of my faith. What is what makes my cheer time good? What makes my engagement with God good? And I'll lean back on these five principles that I was taught a long time ago by Rick Warren. And um, I don't even know how to tell you to find, uh, how, to, how to find it. But these five principles are really something that have anchored my faith. And, and what I hope you do is what I've done is take them and make them your own. They're not going to be a blueprint. They are going to be a game plan, meaning uh, they're not going to be the exact way, but they are going to work. And any, any plan will work if you work it right. What you know about a game plan is the game plan... Um, Everything on that plan has been prepared for the opponent that you're facing, right? And so anything will work on there depending on, you know, where you're at in the game. And what I want to say about this uh, this message is that, that that this will work if you will work it. Um, it is not, however, a blueprint. Don't take exactly what I say and say, this is what I'm going to do, because it's going to have to uh, matter to you. Otherwise, you're just going to adopt a what without a why. And I've hoped through all this that, um, that I've helped you find that I've helped you find really the why. Um, I've called these attitudes because first Samuel, uh, 16, seven says, um, God is more, uh, worried about what or why we're doing what we're doing, not what we're doing. He says, I judge by a man's heart, by his intentions. He doesn't look at what we do. So God's way more concerned with who we are and why we're actually meeting with him or why we're engaging in a relationship with him than what we do. It's not about coming into a time and checking a box. I've called these principles because Matthew six thirty three says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. I believe this is how we're supposed to live. Just live 
connected. It's John 15, 5, right? Remain in me and I'll remain in you. More importantly today, I think that we need to all look at these as whys. This is why we stay connected with God. Why do we meet with God? And the answer to that is because every relationship is a two-way street. It's a two-way street. Any relationship I've ever been in where it's only been one-sided and I've sat and received the whole time and not given anything, that relationship doesn't last very long. And so every relationship is a two-way street because God created us for community. Adam wasn't alive very long until God made Eve. And that's because we're supposed to live together, right? Both with each other horizontally and vertically with God. And so when God looked at Adam and Eve, he saw that it was good. And he said, man, they look like me. And so you bear the image of Christ. We're all made in his image. And so he created you for relationship or for community. And then the third thing is he wants to be part of your life. And for a lot of us, that's a hard pill to swallow, but it's the truth. And so hopefully in all of this, you've seen that. If I had to look at one thing that changed this for me, it's Matthew uh, 3, 13 through 17. And what it is, is it's Jesus' baptism. And when you look at Jesus getting baptized, in verse 13 it says, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, John the Baptist. And in verse 14 it says, John tried to defer <laughs> and say, no, 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 not me. I'm not the guy. And Jesus says, I need to be baptized by you, and you're going to do it. And so uh, Jesus says, you'll let it be so, and you'll let it be so now. Now. And so John's like, well, okay, like you're Jesus, so I guess so, right? And so it is proper for us to do this, Jesus says, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. John said, okay. And what you see in verse 16 is as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went out to the, he went out, he, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending on him like a dove, alighting on him, right? Verse 17 is what you need to see. This is the verse uh, that changed my life. And I had read this for years. I had read this for 20 plus years and it never really hit me like the day it hit me about seven years ago. And here's what it says. A voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love and with whom I'm well pleased. This is my son. And when I realized this is how God relates to me, this is how God identifies me. This is my son, Dusty, who I love and with whom I'm well pleased. It's a game changer. Wait a second. God really loves me. And so then, today, if you get anything, I hope you get that. that God sees you as a son. God sees you as a daughter. He sees you as good enough. He sees you accepted. He sees you just like him, made in his image. Regardless of where you work or where you live or what you look like, you bear the image of Christ. He loves you, and he created you with a purpose, and he has a purpose for you. We'll get into that down the road. But more than anything, I want you to see that a voice from heaven came and said, this is my son, this is my daughter, called you by name, who I love and who I'm well pleased. Pleased means he's happy with who you are. Proud means it has to do with what you do. And so pleased is a key word there, and we'll talk that later on, okay? Today I hope um, to help you put together a game plan, like I said, so you can begin to remain in him. You're going to start to see God work a lot more on your behalf, and you're going to sense his presence more in your life when you begin to engage with him on a regular basis. And so I don't know what your, your current relationship looks like. If it is prayer time on the way to work, that's a step. That's a step, and it's a good step. And so the first time I kind of uh, had this leading, oh, I had this leading, I was leading a church in Tulsa, 
And um, I had just got back from a church conference in uh, Texas. And our culture at our church was was bad. We had a, our volunteer culture just wasn't the great. I'm going to say it was bad, just wasn't great. We were shorthanded like most churches, and we were doing a lot. We were doing a lot, which means we focused a lot on the process. And so as, as I drove back from this conference in Texas, man, Matthew 22, 37 through 39 was just on me. I, it was just on repeat in my head. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Again, again, so much so that by the time I got back to Tulsa, um, it was love God and love people. Man, we're going to love God and we're going to love people. This is how we're going to get healthy, right? And so I call a meeting and I tell everybody to stop doing everything they're doing. I say, hey, shelf all the processes, everything that we're doing. I want you to shift your focus to people. I just need you to love people. If people will feel the presence of, if, they, if they'll feel the love of God, they'll feel the presence of God. And so we need to make sure that we are not focusing so much on process and more on people. That's easier said than done, especially when you have a culture of excellence where it's like, man, it can always be better. And that's really more of a personal trait of mine. I had to get that out. Um, it's still a ditch that I kind of fall into every now and again. But man, when I just want to make it better, it can always be better. And so I had a hard time celebrating and seeing the good, even though we would do something absolutely amazing. Um, it was, well, we should have, could have, would have. And that has a lot to do with my past. And so luckily, uh, God revealed that to me and I got to address that. And I still get to work on that uh, as a grown man, which is awesome. And so um, when you focus on it, you miss them. When you focus on it, you miss them. And that's what I realized. And so then if we're so focused on the process that we can't see the people right in front of us, especially right now while we're home, right? It's so easy to be uh, tied to a laptop or or our phone or an iPad, or a TV, or a device, and just working, 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 and I'm busy. And, I sp- and right now, more than ever, like our kids need the computers. Our kids are like, listen, we love our kids. We have a great family culture, I would say, but our kids are driving us nuts right now. And all the homeschool stuff, it's just, it's, it's a whirlwind, right? And so because we're focused on do's, we look right past the who's. And so I'm just saying, when you focus on it, you miss them. You miss them. And so this is something I'm having to have uh, Relook at or relearn in this season where we have the kids at home a lot is to say, man, how can I help Oscar in this moment? How can I help Kaz in this moment? How can I um, how can I help Lainey? How can I help Lainey right now? Right. And so then um, there where we were at in our church culture was there was so much to do that we didn't care about who there was so much to do that it was a constant grind of just getting stuff done. And so. After that meeting where I came and I said, hey, shine the process, focus on people, we started to gain some momentum, we gained some traction, and we started being more personable, right? And so it got better. But it didn't fix it. I was still uh, stumped. I was still stumped. It wasn't right. It was better. And we had kind of peaked again um, with, with our engagement with people. And I was, and we were missing. And I was like, man, there's got to be something more here. And the momentum that we gained, it had slowed. And so... From my perspective, we were in another slump. And so then when you're in a slump, what do you do? You go back to the last thing that God told you to do, right? If you're at a place right now in your life where you can't figure it out, okay? Regardless of circumstance, I can't figure it out, man. I thought I thought this was it, but I'm, but I'm stuck. Man, anytime you're in that place, make sure you go back to the last thing that God told you to do and start there. And so what I do, I went right back to Matthew um, 
22, 37 through 39. And here's what I found for the very first time. Matthew 22, uh, 37 through 39. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And what we get caught up in and doing is, is yelling, love your neighbor, right? I have a friend, she's got an amazing analogy on this. Love your neighbor as loud as we can, and we whisper, love yourself. We kind of, we're staying real tight, right? Like, no, no, no. And so how I grew up, that was 100% true. And so then immediately I remembered Jesus' baptism, and I remembered how God saw me, right? And so then I remember that God identified with me, and I realized that the biggest thing that I was overlooking in leading um, our staff or our volunteers or our church was um, I was not checking up on spiritual engagement. I wasn't leading people through or in spiritual engagement, right? And so then I call another meeting and I say, by the way, this is like six, eight, ten months later, I can't even tell you. And the whole goal in that meeting was for our team to identify with themselves, to see the word yourself in that scripture. And how we did that was I essentially said, um, how many of you in here have um, a relationship with God? Raise your hand. And, and we did. And we asked some really pointed questions. Well, what's your chair time look like? What is that? Nobody had a clue what that was. What does your prayer time look like? Are you taking time every day to pray, to be thankful? And then from that, do you take time to read? Do you worship? And when you work in ministry, it's really easy to get kind of stuck in the bubble of, well, this is where I work, and it's also where I worship, and it's also my church. And so then those three kind of kind of all become one thing together. And so, man, to keep it separated, yes, to keep it separated uh, is extremely difficult when you're in, when you're in ministry. And so. We found that, that um, everybody was at a different place, but almost um, and almost everybody uh, was not engaging or were not engaged in a daily or in a personal relationship with God. And so the whole thing that's rooted inside this message is yourself. If you can pull anything out of out of that Matthew 22, 37 to 39, it's, it's yourself. Last week's series, the whole message is about this is about us. This is about our walk. Okay, so this is about you. This is about your walk with God. And here's the reality is this. It's love your neighbor as you love yourself. You're never going to love anybody any more than you love yourself. If you can't love you, you can't love others. I'm not meaning for that to sound weird or, you know, 1976 or 67 or whatever that movement was. Okay? I'm not trying to make it feel like that. But when you can't love others like you love yourself, they feel it. And what I realized is people walking in the doors of our church felt it. And so then, if you're ever going to give and love somebody as much as you love yourself, you must take stock of where you are. You must have a daily interaction or a daily time with God. And for you to love you, you need to grasp how much God loves you. You can see this in John 3.16. But what you need to know is that God loves you. He says that you're chosen. There are umpteen scriptures about the Bible in the Bible about God saying that you are chosen or that you are called or that you are triumphant, that God causes you to win. That's all scriptural. Those are all promises that he made to you. And so the reality is, it starts in Acts 20, 28, where God says, take heed to yourself. This is Paul, I think. Paul says, take heed to yourself and then to the flock. How am I? 
How am I doing? And how am I in my relationship with God? And so now knowing, now knowing that I need to do that is one thing. Believing it is another. And actually putting it into action is, is, is another thing too. And so the stuff that I've shared over the past week uh, with you uh, via YouTube video is, um, is really more than two years of my life. It's a process, but any process starts with one step. And I'm hoping that's where I help you get to today. And so how can we live in these principles? How can you implement these five things into your life? How can I be relaxed when I meet with God? How can I be reverent? How can I be willing? How can I be expectant? And how can I be ready? And I saved ready for the last because we want to create a plan today. The whole goal is to create a plan. And so remember what we talked about earlier. A game plan is not a blueprint. This is just going to give you a path to walk on. And so um, that said, um, the posture of your heart is important in how you turn it. Some of these words, reverent, relaxed, willing, like relaxed was offensive to me. When people tell me to relax, <laughs> you relax, right? Somebody tells me to get ready, I'm always ready, right? It's easy to have that approach. And so you really have to look at and, and, and uh, identify how you define these words because it'll limit your perspective and how you engage if you have a negative connotation, you think that there's a negative meaning behind them. And so I would challenge you on that to change the posture of your heart. And if you'll do this, um, what I believe is going to happen is you're going to experience God more in your life. And so let's remember our whys. Part one, I talked about being relaxed. This is the biggest hurdle. The biggest hurdle is being relaxed because we have to find a time to do it, right? And so then we live hurried lives. We run a lot. Our number one excuse to being relaxed is, I don't have time. I don't have time to do that. And so I'll do it on the way to work, or I'll hit it later, you know, during a bathroom break, right? I'll, I'll Sometime, I'll just put it in there. Not to be crude, but that's just reality, right? Why do we want to be relaxed? It's Psalms 46.10. Be still. Stop your striving. Let go of your concerns and know that I am God. He says, don't worry about a thing. Don't worry about tomorrow. It'll take care of itself. I've got you. I've got you. Just remain. You're gonna, how you're going to do this is intentionally unplug 1 to 15 minutes a day, and you're going to be 100% present in that time. And your action steps are to read and reflect. If you missed any of those, to go deeper in that, go find the message. Remain in me, part one. It's on YouTube. Uh, our second why was to be reverent. This attitude is the most assumed. I know who God is, right? We assume this the most. The number one excuse is that. I know who God is. Don't tell me, okay? I know who God is. Why do we do this? We consider who we're meeting with. It's Habakkuk 2.20. The Lord is in his holy temple, and the whole earth is silent before him. Right? How are we going to do this? We're going to be still and be thankful. And our action steps in this um, principle or why or attitude are essentially just to pray, worship, and start speaking those daily affirmations. Start speaking who God's said you are over your life. The third why we had was to be willing. This attitude is the most easily forgotten. Okay? Willing. Willing. No, no, it Willing is, is almost means absolutely nothing in our society because we're so rushed. We got our hands so clenched, right? Our number one excuse is just we're selfish, right? We're selfish. Me time. It's about me right now. And, and I'll add that later. And I just want to tell you that God is not made to be fit into your extras. He wants to be in everything. We talked that if God's not in it from the beginning, he won't be in it at all. So we've got to open our hands and welcome him. We've got to be willing, right? 
We do this because 2 Corinthians 8, 12 says, Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and according to what you have, not what you don't. God's never going to ask you to give what you don't. How we do this is biblical obedience. Biblical obedience is love plus trust plus action. Okay? Everybody can say they love God. The place we get stuck is trust. Do you trust God? Eh, I mean, if, if I'm in a jam, you know, if I'm in a jam, I'll holler. But if I'm not in a jam, then no, I'm, I'm good. I trust me. Right? And so then love plus trust plus action. This is biblical obedience. This is how we teach our kids. Right? Have patience in all of it. And then our action step was to live as an example. Let's let people see Jesus in the way that you live, in how you walk. Our fourth why was to be expectant. This is the most overlooked, but it's the most important. God wants this for you. We, we overlook expectant all the time because we don't need to expect God to do anything for us until we're in a jam, right? And then we want to say, well, where are you at, God? Where are you? I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm praying. I'm seeking. I'm, I'm looking. But everything works on exchange. And so then, how can I be expectant of God every single day? It's Romans 12, 11 and 12, especially as believers. It says, keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert and cheerfully expectant. Press in and never quit. Come before God with anticipation and eagerness, expecting to have a good time of fellowship with Him. Your action step is to read, pray, worship, listen, and seek God with purpose because your goal is to learn, to live, and to lead a living, real relationship with God so you can lead it for others, so people can see it in your feet, right? And then our fifth why was to be alert. This is the most assumed. Our number one excuse in being alert is, I'm awake. I'm awake. And we go ahead and connect being awake to um, being alert. And it's no such thing. We do this because 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Be alert, standing firm in faith, full of courage, and strong. Strong like a man is what it says. And strong. But you should get the point here. Be alert, stand firm in your faith, be full of courage, and strong. Strong like a man is what it says. How do we do this? We're going to set an appointment, we're going to put it on our calendar, and we're going to set a reminder. And we're going to ride that train until we wake up before our calendar or our alarm wakes us up. Right? And so the action stand was, was to create the plan and be consistent. The action plan is to create a plan and be consistent. And so let's talk about the plan. Here's how I used to do this. If somebody would come by me and they would say, hey, you need to read this book or you need to um, watch this um, you know, message or listen to this podcast or listen to this audio book, or I would take it. I would take it. And I was on full-time consume mode. And we should never approach our chair time in that manner. We should um, approach our uh, chair time in a time where I'm going to expect contribution from God. And so that means I need to slow down. Psalms 139 says, search me, God, know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. Lead me, Lord, in an everlasting way. And so that I really want to slow down. It's not about consumption, Right. And so a sample daily progression, if we're talking about your first step, that's the I have nothing right now. I might pray on the way to work. So I would say this. First thing you wake up, the first thing would be to pray, forgive my handwriting for one minute. Okay? And do that every day until you are hungry for more. And here's what's going to happen. 
It's God's responsibility to poke that. You're doing your job by engaging. God will move you more. And you'll say, well, that's, that's pretty simple. That seems elementary. The second thing you're going to do is you're going to pray and you're going to add a daily proverb. Okay? Plus, if you follow me on social media, you see I, paste, I post this daily proverb every day. And this is going to take you roughly three to five minutes. The third thing you say, well, and when you say why Proverbs? Proverbs is mean potatoes. There's one proverb for every day. It is wisdom and common sense. It's, it's knowledge. It is um, it's everything that you need to know. It's the way you need to walk. It's who you need to be. It's how you need to live, right? So Proverbs are a phenomenal resource for us. So much so, um, I was so <laughs> into Proverbs, I stopped reading them for two years. And I thought, that was, that was done with me. I need to start reading those again. They still speak to me. Um, they're highlighted in every different color in my Bible, and they're really good for you. So Proverbs are great. It's a great way to get the word in your heart. It's a very simple, easy way to get the word in your heart. That's why Proverbs, okay? Now you would say, okay, that's pretty easy. Um, I'm, I can do more than three to five minutes. You're going to do this every day until God sparks something else, and you feel like there's more. There's more. You're going to sense there's more because there is, and that's what God wants for you. And So you're going to say, Okay, I can do more. Then I'm going to take you or want you to go to step three. And step three is to pray, plus that daily proverb, plus affirmations. And I don't have a ton, but this affirmation, all that together is going to take you five to seven minutes. Please forgive my handwriting. Five to seven minutes. If you're taking notes, it'd be great, okay? Your daily affirmations are self-talk, right? It is knowing that when you're alone and silent, that 80% of what's going on upstairs in your head is negative. And so how do you take that and make it positive? We spoke a, a whole message on it um, last Sunday, two Sundays ago. I apologize. March 22nd, you can go find that message and really, really figure out how all that works right there. Those daily affirmations. I'll talk a little bit about it here in just a second. You would say, okay, I'm good at five to seven minutes. That's great. You're just going to work this plan. You're going to work this plan until something more, right? And then you're going to go to um, four, which is going to be prayer plus affirmation plus a daily proverb plus, plus a reflection. What do you mean by reflection? And that's going to take you seven to ten minutes. Seven to ten minutes. Reflection. Here's a question. What did I read? Okay. What did it say? That's the simplest way to look at it. What did I read today? What stuck out to me? I read Proverbs chapter 4 today. What stuck out to me? Proverbs chapter 5 today. What stuck out? There was something in there that stuck out. And I'll talk to you about reading here in just a second. Okay? You're going to work that. Just work it. It's very simple. Don't get bored with it. You're not going to get bored because you're going to implement these five attitudes in your approach to all of these. Expecting God to move. Expecting God to do something. Right? 
And so then you would go to step five then, which is prayer. I'm going to need to write bigger here. Plus affirmations. Trailing off. Plus. <laughs> I think I trade something out here. Yes. We go to reading here. Plus we read one chapter of the Bible. Plus we worship. Read, affirm. Sorry, prayer, affirm, read, worship, reflect, and, <laughs> and silence. That's terrible penmanship. I'm too tall. I'm just, I'm just not there right now. Okay? Hopefully you're taking notes. I'm going to say it again just because I'm so terrible. My penmanship. Prayer plus those daily affirmations, self-talk, right? Plus, I'm going to read one chapter of the Bible. Where do I start? Start in the Gospels. We want to learn from the Old Testament. We want to live in the New Testament. Start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You're going to learn who Jesus is there. If you want to know about the church, start in Acts. If you're unsure and you still don't want to go read a story, stick to Proverbs. It'll treat you right until you're ready to go here. Okay? We're going to worship. We're going to reflect, which means we're going to sit back and we're going to actually write. Okay? I'm going to talk you through that. It's not weird. It's actually really healthy and very good for you. Okay, and then you're going to sit in silence and actually listen because God wants to say something to you. And after that, you're going to go back to your writing. You're going to write down whatever you felt like God said. Okay, now after hearing all that, you might be convinced this is a good idea. Like, hey, you might be onto something. Maybe I am. Okay, that's not for me to decide. If this is something that God's saying to you and this is, this is sparking you to take a step in your faith, and this is exactly what you need to do. And so then you might be convinced. And I just want to talk about three things really quickly, and we're going to finish. We're going to finish the plan. Okay. You can be convinced, which is really good, or you can be committed, which is really good. And if you're convinced, it's a I could do that. And if you're committed, it is I should do that, right? And if you're convinced, it's a good idea. And when you're committed, it's a good exchange. Because when you commit to something, you know you're going to get something back, right? When you're convinced about something, it never happens, right? It's always just a good idea, but, and it's not that you're too lazy. It's just, you're not over the top excited about it. So you're just like, yeah, I could do that. We could do that. When you're committed to it, you'll actually get up and do it. When you're committed to it, you'll actually get up and do it, right? What I want you to see is both of these are I cans. You can do both. You can be convinced and you can be committed. But what I want you to see in 1 Corinthians 9, 16, this is, uh, Paul says, for I preach the gospel, I have no reason to boast be, uh, because of an, an obligation is placed on me. I have no reason to boast because an obligation is placed on me. And woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. And what I want you to see is God, want, God doesn't want you to be convinced this is a good idea. God doesn't want you to be committed to this. He wants you to be compelled. He wants you to wake up every morning with a what if I don't attitude. What if I don't meet with God today? What does my day look like? What if I don't take one minute to pray? What if I don't take three minutes to pray and speak life over my day and attack my day before my day me, attacks me? Right? What if I don't do that? Woe to me if I don't, because being compelled is a must-do. Paul says, I must. I must do this. 
It, it, it takes sacrifice, right? It takes time. We talked about that. But you have kingdom impact. This is God in you and God through you because you've chose to start your day the right way. And ultimately, it's what if I don't? And if you wake up in the morning with a what if I don't approach, you're going to go a long ways because what God's going to do is he's going to take that and he's going to honor it. And he's going to help you move forward in your relationship with him, in your faith, and with others. And people are going to see God in you that day you wake up and this becomes reality. And I'm hoping that day is tomorrow, Monday morning, as we start a new week. And so if you're compelled, then I want you to set a goal of 15 minutes a day. I want you to set a goal of 15 minutes a day. There's 168 hours in a week, right? I'm not a mathematician, but that's not a very long time per, per week to be spending with God, right? If there's 160 hours in a week and God's only asking, God's not asking, I'm asking. If you only took 15 minutes a day, how much better would your life be? How much more evident could people see the evidence of Christ in you, right? And so then, here's what you're going to do. This is a 15-minute plan, right? One minute. The first thing you do is you're going to wake up and you're going to pray. I don't know how to pray. It's the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, uh, 9 through 13, I think. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. And you can quote me on here in just a second. The Lord's Prayer. I believe it's 9 through 13. My Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. This is in heaven. Give me this day my daily bread. Forgive me my trespasses and help me forgive those trespasses against me. Lead me not to temptation and deliver me from evil for that is the kingdom power and glory forever and ever. One minute prayer, okay? Now, I hope we go a little bit farther than that. You get into Psalms 100 and start with Thanksgiving, right? You just woke up. You have breath and you have life and God's gave you purpose so we should be thankful in that. And so then your first thing is going to be to pray. And you're going to do that for one minute. I'm going to tell you how this goes up from here. Just commit to the 15 minutes with me. Then you're going to go affirmations. This is also self-talk. And you're going to do that for one minute. It's very easy. If you go to the message that I did that in, uh, I gave you a bunch of them. Then you're going to read. People also call this study. And you're going to do that for four minutes. Okay, then you're going to reflect, which means you're going to write or journal, and you're going to reflect for three minutes, and I'm going to make it very easy for you, and then after you reflect, you're going to listen or sit in silence, okay, I'll say silence, because you should be listening the whole time, right, come on somebody, you're going to sit in silence for three minutes, and then lastly, you're going to worship. And you're going to do that one song, and it's going to be three minutes. Now, is this the pinnacle? No, but it, man, it's, it is a great start. And it's a great, uh, so this would be like step six, right? This is step six, because step one was that one-minute prayer, right? Step two, step three, you saw those. It was my sloppy writing, that last screen. Pause it, do something, you know, write it down. Hopefully I spoke clearly enough where you got it. But I think what's going to happen is when you do this, you're going to start to see God moving your life. And then here's what's going to happen inside these 15 minutes. God is going to start moving all of this time around. 
and you're going to spend five minutes in prayer and you're going to spend two minutes in affirmation and you might not read that day at all, but you're going to take six minutes to reflect and you might not worship that day, right? Or here's what's even greater is when you get to a place where, where I pray for 15 minutes. This isn't me. I'm just saying where you do. And where those daily affirmations, you're going to get them down and they need to change and be updated. Make sure you revisit them. But those daily affirmations are going to take you five because you've got a couple, right? And then you're going to read for 15 minutes, man, because God is good. And here's what I'm, how I'm going to challenge you to read. Don't read to consume, right? Read to understand. It's just like listening. You talk to God through prayer. He's going to speak to you through his word in your quiet time and you're listening. And so here's, here's how I had to do it. I had to stop, and this isn't the right way. It's just a way. I had to stop and read one chapter. And then I would reread that chapter. And then I would, the third time, the second time I would reread the chapter, anything that jumped off the page of me, I would highlight. I've got a couple Bibles. One is strictly for highlighting. And the third time I would go back and I would read the highlighted parts and I would sit on them. I still do that. So it's not that I would. This is what I do. And when you find that, you're going to see that it's going to really help you with your reflection time. Man, today I saw this. I put it out uh, today in our daily proverb. Man, guard your heart for it leads you on the path of life. Right? So then be careful what you let in because you are what you become. You, you become what you surround yourself with. You are what comes in is eventually going to come out. So guard your heart. And you'll walk with peace, right? And so that was from this morning, right here, 15 minutes. And so then your reflection time is just questions. I found that's the best way to do it. If you want to go old school and just have like a journal or a diary and just write to write to write, that's great. That helps. That that works out with Heather really well. But if not, you're going to have a certain set of questions. I went through that in the message. I will touch on that here in just a second again. But the reality is, is, is take time to reflect and then your silent time is always going to waver. I've told that story a couple times now. And find a time to sit still and listen and get here. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your God with, with everything that you are. And so we're going to sit. And, and this number right here on the minutes is just going to be until your heart, soul, mind are present. Right? Until you're all here and both these ears are wide open to hear the voice of God. Are you going to hear it audibly? Probably not. Okay? I'm going to be honest with you, I've never heard an audible voice of God in my whole life, ever. But man, when I engage in reading and reflecting and silence on what, I ref on what I'm reflecting on and on what I'm reading on and who God says I am, man, it, it, it helps my prayer life tremendously. And man, when I worship, I worship because I'm thankful, because I'm very thankful, Right? Part of embodying these five principles, I hope, I hope this makes sense to you. If it doesn't, just shoot me an email, dusty at liveredefined.com. Part of embodying these five principles, and I'm wrapping up, is to ask these three questions. What am I currently believing for? Where am I forcing myself to stretch? And where do I need God to work? Answer those questions. Identify them. I'm not saying it has to be daily, but it should be weekly. It should be weekly because you want to be seeing yourself move forward. Let me go and talk about reflection just really quickly, just because it just hit me again. And so um, here's how um, I reflect, okay? And it's going to be pretty, pretty simple. I wrote for the college paper, really good writer. I love to write. I hate writing about myself. 
I know I shouldn't say that, but it's the truth. And so because I disliked writing about myself so much, I figure I had to ask some pretty intentional questions. And so the best way to reflect is to write about yesterday. This is a two-part kind of reflection or journaling exercise, okay? And so you're going to write about yesterday. And inside of yesterday, there's just four questions that I asked. You might ask one. You might ask three. You might ask eight. There was a time I was asking six. And um, this, is, this was the happy medium for me. Right now, I'm asking myself three questions about yesterday. But what energized me? What energized me? What wounded me? Or what hurt me? It's okay. You don't have to play the tough man with that one. It's okay. I'm going to explain it. Where did I get it right? And where am I winning? What energized me as a husband? What energized me as a dad? What energized me as a, as a boss, employee, leader, pastor, coach, friend, nephew? What energized me? Be specific. If you're not, you're going to say what energized me. The first thing you're going to go to what energized you is what you did. And you're going to disconnect from all the who's in your life. Right? What hurt me as a husband? Uh, there was an opportunity there. I didn't take advantage of it with Heather. Uh, Oscar, you know, came and gave me a hug and I didn't hug him back. Whatever those are, what hurt me as a husband, as a dad, as a pastor, as a leader, as a boss, nephew, friend, coworker, etc. What hurt me, right? Where did I get it right? As those people, put your name in front of it, right? What position are you in? We all wear many hats. Put your hat on, answer the question, be honest with yourself because there's a, there's a big thing to this, right? And then where am I winning? Where am I winning as a friend, Pastor, husband, dad, all those things. Now, these are great. These are very important. These are very, very important. If you don't like those questions, man, search your heart and find out what it is that speaks to you more than those questions. Identify them, even if it's just one. Even if it's just one. Then you're going to write about today. Today is four things to two, right? It's what did I read? Man, I am a terrible penmanship. What did I read? I'm going to reflect on what I read, read, reflect. I'm going to recognize where I can win. This is my calendar, by the way. Peek at the calendar. What's on the, what's on the agenda? Where can you win today? And then you're going to write. And write just lets you cover any tensions. Anything that's inside your head that needs to get out that you don't want to carry into your day, write, get it out of your head and onto paper. Okay? What did you read today? I read the U version. This is how mine looks every day. I read Proverbs 4, and I read uh, John 19 today. This is about resurrection. This is exactly what mine looked at today. Reflect. Out of Proverbs 4, guard your heart. That's what I wrote today. Okay? And then um, recognize where I can win. It was Saturday, and I had to prepare for today. So a lot of that stuff was take a family walk or a bike ride or you name it. Right? And so here's, here's how you win in this. You're going to win in this when you go back because you're going to want to review your uh, your reflections or your writing. You're going to want to review that once a week. And so once a week, take your journal that you're writing in, go to a quiet place and sit for 20, 15, 20, 30 minutes, however long it takes, 
and go back through this week's journal, right? So if you wrote every day, you're going to go back, and what you're going to see is you're going to see some commonalities. You're going to see something that happened more than once. You're going to highlight that thing, and you're going to make a new note, and that's going to really help you this week moving forward. And what you're going to see is God is showing you things, uh, things that happened back here. Okay, You might not credit them to him, but really he's revealing it to you because you're taking time to write. And you're seeing next steps for things that you need to do along the way to make your path better. And so then by doing that, man, it sets you up to succeed big time. And then after that, um, it's a lot of things that, that a lot of people tell you, is you need, to, um, you need to get to a place where you can go once a year and, re, and, and recap or relook at those 52 weeks, right? Those 52 pages. So once a week, I look at six pages, seven pages if I'm doing that day. And then once a year, I'm going to look at those 52 pages and I'm going to set the, set the pace or the trend for the year in front of us, right? Okay. So let's look at uh, the resources that are out there to help you move forward. Okay. This is real quick. You have digital apps. Be careful when you're using your phone inside of your quiet time or your chair time because, man, a text or an email or anything can happen at any time depending on what time you're doing this. And so three apps I want to make you aware of. There's one that's called Your First Five. It's very quick. It'll set an alarm for you and it'll wake you up. The Bible will wake you up. It's pretty amazing. There, and that's quick, easy, and pretty simple. The next one is the YouVersion Bible app. If you don't have the YouVersion Bible app, I'm not mad at you, but you might have been living under a rock for the last couple of years. Uh, this thing is incredible. It will help you out in more ways than you know. There's so there's so many good things that I can't even begin to explain to you. I could take a week and talk to you about YouVersion and uh, everything they're doing through that app. And then the Logos Bible app. This is a more in-depth, more deeper uh, theological, like it's a deep dive, right? And so books. Here's where you would say, Dusty, quiet time stinks. I'm not sitting still. I love everything you said, but I'm just not really fired up about it. And I would tell you that you're struggling with expectation or hearing from God or, or you know, just kind of get in that groove. And so I'm going to recommend a book called Fresh Air to You. It's by Chris Hodges. He talks about the renewal of his relationship with God and the culture of his church. And this. it's a very good book. It's a very, very simple read. Fresh Air will help you with your expectation. What God's Called You to Do. Uh, this is one of my favorite books of all time. It's by Stephen Furtick. It's called Greater. Um, I didn't find every book I wanted to show you, by the way, but I found most of them. Greater is an amazing book. It's based on John 14, uh, 12, where it says, For I am going to the Father, and because I am, I've done great things, but because I am, you'll do even greater. It's how you understand and see the call that God's put on your life. If you need vision for your life, for your family, for your finances, for your future, Visioneering with Andy Stanley is an amazing book. At the end of every chapter, he's going to ask you questions about the hats that you wear. What do you want to be as a husband? This is That's why I asked the questions on there is from this book, as a husband, as a dad, as a leader, as a pastor, as a friend. If you want to go outside of the church world, Start With Why is, a, is an incredible book um, to help you gain vision and understand what the heck you're doing. Here's why. The, the vision piece and the why piece, 80% of the people who walk the earth have no clue why they're here. They would say, I have no idea why God put me here. Man, these two books, again, this is not a, a church book. This is not a spiritual book. It's just a phenomenal book. And so um, start with why I've rewrote this book twice. I've taken so many notes on it. It's really, really good. And so it's going to help you find direction, okay? Uh, if you want to make your morning work for you, there's a book that's uh, by Hal, Hal Alrod, Hal 
Elrod. It's called the Miracle Morning. Man, he jam packs a ton of stuff in one hour. Uh, help me gain some perspective on how I can be more alert. And uh, and I would love if you want to jump out and get that book. If you need help making a decision, you get up and you get stuck. You're like, well, Dustin, you just said a bunch of that stuff right there. Like my priority list, again, it's a game plan, right? My list and how my approach is might not be your approach. And so not just in our spiritual lives, but in life in general. There's a book called Procrastinate on Purpose. It's by a guy named Rory Vaden. It's not a, it's not a church book by any means. But it is a phenomenal book on helping you make the right decision at the right time and when to actually procrastinate the things that are in front of you. And so um, you need help overcoming negativity or self-talk. I said self-talk or affirmations. Crash the Chatterbox by Stephen Furtick is a phenomenal book. It's going to kind of help you get over that hump. I should probably be making money off this book, but I'm not. I've given several hundred of these books away. This is something that me and Heather started speaking and doing over our kids and over our lives. We do it every night before bed. We read out of this every morning and every night together. And it's called Scripture Confessions. It's by Harrison House. It's a very simple book. It costs $8 on Amazon. Um, I'm not getting any royalties from any of that. But I'm going to tell you, this book is amazing because you're speaking Scripture. This taught me how to speak daily affirmations. This taught me how to change my self-talk. Just this little bitty book right here. And if you'll get this, and there is something about everything here. Worry, finances, health, how to start your day, your kids, you know, they smell, whatever. It's in here, okay? That, if you're going to get any book to help you with this, I would probably go with Scripture Confessions to start. If you, uh, talking about prayer, I didn't find my Tim Keller book, but Too Busy Not to Pray by Bill Hybels is a phenomenal book. Me and Heather have been through this book. Still see our bookmark in there. Uh, it's a phenomenal book to read. If you want to go a little bit deeper in prayer, Tim Keller has a book called Prayer, and it will help you a ton. Daily devotions. We're switching gears now. We're done with books, but daily devotionals. Um, version Bible app. If you just click the middle button on the bottom of that, download the version Bible app on whatever device you have. Click the middle button. It says Plans. In the search box, type whatever you want to read about. And, and a pastor, somebody has written something for you that God has for you that he wants to speak to you through. Hit it, download it. There are one-day plans. There are five-day plans. There are one-year plans. Find one that fits you and works for you. Start small and work your way up, right? And then Upmost for his eyes. If you go to upmost.org, you can find that. Or there's a book for it. Uh, I just started. This is Heather's book from college. Um, I actually read the online version. But just to prove to you that there is one there and that she used to read it, she's solid. Um, it's there. Web resources. Two more things. Two, three things and I'm done. Okay, web resources. Biblehub.com is an amazing website. If you're looking at a scripture and you want to know, what, you know, it says this, but I really don't get that. You can actually go to Biblehub.com, type in that scripture, and it will give you every version that has ever been um, put out of that verse. And so you'll find uh, it's not going to go deep, deep dive. Like this is a very simple website. It's going to be speaking plain English, but every version that's been out there, right? The next website that you can do this on, you can actually go in and search keywords. It's called BibleGateway.com. Good intermediate website. It's going to help you um, go a little bit more deeper inside the scripture if you're looking for more meaning. And then BibleStudyTools.com is an in-depth. You can find anything and everything on the Bible at that website. It's amazing. For worship resources, you guys are probably better at this than I am. iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, search and find, search and find. 
When you read your Bible, remember you can focus and highlight and reflect and read and reread. And then in your writing, make sure that you're going to recap that writing. If you just write and forget about it, never look at it again, I'm not sure how much good it's going to do for you. It's going to, it's going to do good because you'll write what you read, so you might retain more. But if you will recap it, it will help you move forward. In all of this, remember, and I'm for real close this time, in all of this, remember, motivation gets you started. I'm, I might, you might be very motivated today to take a step in your, in your personal walk with God and your relationship, your chair time, your quiet time, whatever it is. Motivation gets you started, but habit keeps you going. I'm, I want to help you create a good habit today. The goal is to help you create good habits. And so I hope today has helped you, and I hope that you'll go back and re-engage with these messages now that you kind of have some depth on what they're about. Um, what I hope you understand right now is that you have the who and the what and the how and the why that matters in living in a real relationship with God. And so through all this, I um, hope that you find a time where you can be consistent in it. Because if you will, God will be consistent with you. For the measure you pour, the measure you give, the measure will be given back. And you're going to see God work and move in your life like you never have because you're taking time to engage. And remember, it just starts with one minute. And let that one minute spark the next minute, the next minute. Your goal is not to go from nothing to a 10. You want to go from a nothing to a 1 or a 2 to a 3 or a 5 to a 6, right? We just want to take one step. God will do the rest, I promise. If you'll just be faithful to engage with Him, He'll be faithful to engage with you. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.